0: Engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off.
1: Good evening, Atlanta. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the nation's most listened to news talk station. And this is your evening news. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB talk. And I'm standing in the studio today, which I never do. I usually sit down, but I've been sitting so long today. I'm not going to be able to close all my rings on my Apple watch if I don't. So I got to stand up because Tim Cook tells me to now. First, I got to play this audio from Chuck Todd on NBC's Meet the Press, uh, his daily podcast.
0: He needs to stop feeling sorry for himself or trying to figure out what's next or whatever this is. Just do something. Decide if you got something to say, say it. Don't do it through a statement. If you think, I mean, the worst thing he's doing right now is letting everybody else talk about it. Everybody else, Nancy Pelosi, everybody's weighing in except Joe Biden go if you believe the voters are going to forgive this they may not forget but they'll forgive it and i think that he can make that argument go do it already stop being defined the longer he sort of at this point stays out of this race he actually would have an easier time managing this problem if he were in the race doing events day to day other candidates wouldn't get asked as much so i don't know if it's debilitating or not In my head, I go back and forth. Because there's been no counterargument. Here's what I do know. If he wants to be president of the United States, stop waffling on the sidelines. Stop hand-wringing. Make a decision and get in.
1: Make a decision and get in. It looks like he may be doing it on Friday. Joe Biden now scheduled to speak to the IBEW union. On uh, Friday in Washington, D.C., Joe Biden believes very, very, very much that the Democrats need to reconnect to blue-collar workers who went to Donald Trump in 2016. So if he's going to announce for the presidency, announcing at a union group on Friday probably is the way to do it. He also today released a video. He didn't do a press conference. He didn't sit down with TV. He just put a video on the Internet basically saying the times they are a-changing and I'll stop petting women's hair. That's basically what Uncle Joe has decided. And, you know, maybe that'll work for him. Uh, But I don't think he would have done that. I I don't think Joe Biden would have released a video today in anticipation of a speech on Friday if he wasn't getting ready to announce he's running for president. Uh, So stick around. Friday, we may have news about Joe Biden. We'll see if Joe Biden does not announce on Friday. That probably is just as big a news as if he does announce. When you got a guy like Chuck Todd uh, on NBC saying, stop waffling, put up or shut up, uh, get in or don't, but let us know, it's kind of a big deal. We've got some polling out today as well. You know, uh, Pete Butterjudge, uh, Butt-Edge-Edge, as they say, uh, that's how you technically pronounce his name, Butt-Edge-Edge. Uh, he is the guy the media loves. They're doing all these funny profiles of him. It turns out... of people have no idea who he even is, which is actually better than – yeah, what's her name? I can't even remember her name now. Tulsi Gabbard, the congresswoman from Hawaii. She's at like 58 to 60%. Don't know who she, was, she is. Uh, the top three people in the polling. Uh, it's a poll average of Democratic voters. Joe Biden, number one by a wide margin. He's got the greatest favorabilities, the greatest known, and the smallest number of unfavorables within the Democratic Party. That's actually good for him. Uh, Bernie Sanders is in number two. Number three, Elizabeth Warren. But what's notable about Elizabeth Warren is how many people dislike her. and then She's still got uh, wide favorability, but a lot of people dislike her, even within the Democratic Party. So it, that's going to be your ranking. Joe Biden, if he does get into the race on Friday, going to shake up the race pretty significantly on the Democratic side. And you know, what's so funny about it is you had Andrea Mitchell on NBC today say that, oh, he's the perfect guy to go up against uh, Donald Trump, because Donald Trump has all these women accusing him of sexual harassment or whatnot. Really? Uh, You know, it it seems to me that this actually would neutralize an issue Democrats would otherwise throw at Donald Trump. Were Joe Biden the nominee, given the accusations against him—and by the way, some of his accusers have already come out and said, oh, yeah, absolutely, I would be voting for for Joe Biden uh, over Donald Trump. So, yeah, given his accusers— I think it kind of neutralizes the issue. It would be good for the president. The president, of course, on fire uh, in a speech over the the Green New Deal. I've got some great—it's actually really funny audio. Charlie and I were listening to it earlier— And we were just dying, laughing, listening to the president. We'll get there. But before we do, we need to focus some on local issues. Your wallets and your children are now safe. The legislature has gone home. And, well, did you know that Stacey Abrams was our governor? Here's her audio from a uh, left-wing meeting in Washington, D.C. To
2: the National Action Network, thank you so much for having me here this afternoon. I know you've heard from a lot of folks, and I think some of you know what I'm going to say. We had this little election back in 2018, and despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make.
1: We won. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you just heard Stacey Abrams tell a progressive group in Washington that they won. They won yeah no. Uh, she she's not Governor Abram. Now the Democrats would have call her leader abram. she she leads nothing. Uh, it's amazing how the victim mentality of the Democrats are right now. i I saw one of them last night complaining that you, you have an illegitimate governor in Georgia who rigged the race in his favor with a bunch of illegitimate Republicans passing things by majority vote that a minority of the population supports. They don't have any polling on this, number one. And number two, the fetal heartbeat bill is actually popular. But number three, they can't accept that they lost. Democrats always now seem to want to delegitimize any election that they lost. I mean, take the Mueller report, for example. The Mueller report now shows that the president of the United States actually did not collude with the Russians to steal the election in 2016 and yet the Democrats still believe he's an illegitimate president who stole the race from Hillary Clinton. They can't accept that she was a terrible candidate in the same way Democrats can't accept that Stacey Abrams lost. Stacey Abrams herself can't accept that she lost. I mean, for God's sake, she actually told this group that she won. She won nothing. Nothing. She won nothing. She'll be on Stephen Colbert tonight. Yes, the media. Why are they continuing to trot around? I have a couple of theories. So... We have Stacey Abrams saying that she won. She's going on Stephen Colbert. She was on The View. You know, she's doing her book tour. She has her book out. She claims she actually read her, but she she wrote her. Listen, Stacey Abrams is a good writer. Uh, you may not like. I mean, her what she writes isn't my cup of tea. But she is a good writer. She is a smart person. But the reason she's doing this is you, you have to remember that Stacey Abrams, she comes across as reasonable to a lot of people, but in fact she is very much committed to this idea within progressivism that you must continue leaning forward. The, the MSNBC motto of, of leaning forward, of leaning in, that she has to keep them constantly mobilized, constantly in a state of action, constantly in a, a form of grievance, nursing the grievance, moving the grievance forward, convincing them that they've gained in some way. She's got to convince people that she did something significant and infectious she did she came closer to, to becoming governor as a Democrat than any other Democrat since what Zell, it's Roy Barnes uh, when he won. And yet she really didn't. But this is part of progressive activism that they have to continue to march, they have to continue to protest, they have to continue to mobilize. And I've got to tell you, I don't know that Republicans in the state of Georgia are actually prepared for this. I don't know that Republicans in the state of Georgia understand what's happening to them. The Democrats are now in constant campaign mode. The Democrats in Georgia are in constant spin mode. The Democrats in Georgia are constantly coordinating and working with sympathetic members of the media. You have a great deal of the media establishment in Georgia that was very, very close to Democrat leaders and remains close to Democratic leaders and is very sympathetic to Democratic talking points because they are all Democrats. And so they are perfectly willing to help the Democrats advance a narrative, advance a cause, advance an agenda, and advance a candidate, including Stacey Abrams, here and her nationally. The Democrats nationally love Stacey Abrams. There's a level of white guilt involved in the coverage that Stacey Abrams gets nationally because Beto O'Rourke sucked all the attention out of the room in 2018 when he really didn't have a shot against Ted Cruz. Suddenly they realized that Stacey Abrams actually came very close to winning, therefore they should have spent more time with her, and they really do believe, and, and frankly, I think Stacey Abrams is right on this, they paid attention to or work because he was white and better looking, and now they feel guilty about it. So they got to do ample coverage of Stacey Abrams, and she's perfectly happy to take advantage of it and lay the groundwork in Georgia for a fight, whether against David Perdue or against Brian Kemp in 2022. But what the Republicans in Georgia don't seem to understand and what they need to understand is that there is no rest now. There used to be a rest. You would have the election. You would immediately have the legislative session. And then there would be a pause. You could catch your breath. You could unwind. You could take a vacation. You could relax. You could turn off your phone. You can't do that anymore. The Democrats in Georgia are constantly advancing. They have a ground game now. They're knocking on doors now. They're sending out mail now. They're sending out text messages now. By this afternoon – Democratic Party activists and undecided voters in Gwinnett County and Cobb County and Fulton County and DeKalb County and Forsyth County and Cherokee County, they've gotten text messages from Democratic Party activists uh, as if you're, they're getting a text message from their friends saying, hey, did you know so-and-so voted on this? This is outrageous. We've got to fight. We've got to show up. We've got to protest. We've got to march. we got to go to town halls. They're keeping their voters active, constantly, constantly engaged in the same way that conservatives in churches go to Sunday night service and they have prayer meeting on Wednesday, particularly if they're Baptist, and they have youth group activities through the week. The Democrats are doing church in politics now, and they're keeping people engaged. They want them to have meaning through the political process, and Republicans think they can take time off. Republicans think they don't have to go knock door to door. That's not the way they're going to win in 2020, sitting out taking a break, taking a vacation, because the Democrats are on the move in Georgia. They think that this state is winnable in 2020, and if the Republicans do not respond with their own version of the permanent campaign against the Democrats, well, they may just lose in 2020. Not all of us sleep the same way. 63% of Americans sleep on their sides. Are you one of them? I am. My Butterfly Pillow gives you support in the places you need it most, keeping your neck and spine in alignment throughout the night, even if you switch sides. My Butterfly Pillow is patented sleep technology. It elevates your head to where you need it. it, includes a place to fit your arm, and a pillow and a pillow for your ear, which is soft and comfortable, even if you stay in one position all night. The height of My Butterfly Pillow is even adjustable you fall asleep to white noise or meditative sounds? Well, my butterfly pillow has a Bluetooth-adapted night owl speakers, so you can listen to music, sounds, or even a smart TV while you're laying down. Listeners to my show can save $30 off the list price of $129. Is it worth it? Yes, I think it is. It's become my napping pillow. Lay in bed, listen to music, listen to the call map that I talk to you about sometimes. It's a great, great, great pillow. Use code ERIC at checkout at mybutterflypillow.com. You'll get My Butterfly Pillow for just $99 and free shipping in the continental U.S. Again, go to MyButterflyPillow.com, enter code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at checkout. You'll save $30 and get free shipping. That's MyButterflyPillow.com. Check out code ERIC. Sleep, relax, lay down, enjoy some music in your ear, and have a comfortable pillow. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750 wsb Talk. We've got to do a deep dive on the state legislature. You're not going to find this much coverage anywhere else on Georgia politics. So let's get to it. The legislature has now adjourned sine die, which is their fancy way of saying they're done for the year. They will be back in January of next year. Uh, they did pass medical marijuana reform, allowing growing and cultivation uh, by a few, uh, up to five entities in the state of Georgia. Uh, one of the problems that people who have campaigned for medical marijuana in Georgia have had is that they can go out of the state and bring it back into the state and not be arrested in state, but getting back into the state uh, was fraught with legal issues. So Alan Peake, former state representative, uh, led this fight. He left the legislature this past year, but has continued the fight behind the scenes. And the legislature, barely, slim majority, passed this to allow growing and cultivation of uh, medical marijuana in the state. It'll be highly, highly restricted in how they do it, however. Uh, One of the things that they did not do is pass rural transportation legislation. Uh, They were able i got to give them a shout-out for this. You know, one of my old jobs— was I worked for the, uh, I shouldn't say the parent company, but the Trade Association of EMCs, the Electric Membership Cooperatives, the NRECA, National Rural Electric Cooperative Association in Washington, D.C. I, I had a, a brief stint there. Great people. I, I'm a big fan of local EMCs and what they do and how they distribute power. And the legislature has authorized rural EMCs now to provide broadband power in their regions, which is a great way to help build up rural broadband without raising taxes on on everyone else as they had planned to do. Remember, one of the original proposals by this rural committee they set up was to tax your Netflix and Amazon Prime and iTunes and, and your other Internet services and then apply that money to building out broadband. And, of course, the telecom companies loved it. The cable companies, they loved it. Uh, but uh, most people didn't like the idea of having their broadband services taxed like that. So uh, the alternative was, I think, a good one to allow the EMCs to expand the, their portfolio from just delivery of power to also delivery of broadband, which will be useful. Uh, one of the other measures that got passed, and, and this is there's a David Ralston angle here. If you'll recall, one of the measures that David Ralston supported early on was a piece of legislation by Scott Turner, state representative. Scott Turner had legislation that would prohibit the state from taking your professional licenses. Uh, if you defaulted on your student loan. So, for example, if you were a teacher and you had a teacher license and you couldn't pay your student loan because you don't make enough money, they would take your teacher's license for you, making it really difficult for you to earn income to be able to pay for your student loans. It was a ridiculous idea. It's been ridiculous the whole time. So Scott Turner had legislation. The Speaker of the House supported it that would prevent the state from revoking your uh, professional license when you can't pay your student loans. The Speaker killed the legislation. He killed it because Scott Turner supported the Speaker being ousted for the scandal. Thankfully, the Lieutenant Governor, Jeff Duncan, resurrected it. More on that and your phone calls when we come back here on WSB. Eric Erickson, this is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go to the phones now. Daniel has been waiting patiently. Daniel, sorry to make you wait so long. Hey, Eric. Uh, first
3: of all, thanks for the chicken recipe today. I'm going to shopping for the ingredients. Oh, tonight, man,
1: it is so good.
3: I didn't call to talk chicken, though, <laughs> but I am going to tell you how my version of it turns out from what I got from you. All right. But, um, I have uh, already been bombarded with uh, robocalls, um, as far as from the Georgia Democratic Party, and during the uh, from the time Brian Kemp got the nomination for, to be governor from the Republican Party, up until election day, I got a flyer every single week mm-hmm. from the Georgia Democratic Party. Well, they were actually addressed to my wife, and so same here. I called the Georgia Democratic Party. I mean, everybody up and down the line, and I left a voicemail, and I finally talked to somebody today, and I said, look, this is my name, this is my address, I said, do not send me another flyer, I will send it back to you like confetti, like I did last year. And they said, what is your name and address again? And the lady said, um, we'll be sure to get you one in the mail, and hung up on me. So, being that that's uh, hilarious, yeah. uh, um, I'm going to be sure to stockpile them until uh, next year, but we'll see. Um that was I wanted your thoughts on that. What should, what yeah, I l- listen,
1: I, I, one, I, I don't know that you're going to get off the list, but, you know, they did that to my wife as well. Um, we got flyers in the mail every week uh, directed to my wife, who is listed as a hard Republican. Um, and by hard Republican, I mean she votes in Republican primaries and votes in general elections. That classifies her as a hard Republican in, in the voter files. And she was getting these from the Democrats, and they were all attack, attack, attack on Brian Kemp. Uh, very few of them by the way praised Stacy Abrams they, they were all attacking Brian Kemp uh, basically trying exactly. to suppress her vote to to keep her from going out to vote. And this happened across the state, and they're still doing it. I, I've I've gotten to—P.K. Martin, for example. P.K. Martin in, in Gwinnett County is probably one of the heroes of this legislative session. Uh, P.K. Martin, the head of the Education Committee, was able to advance several education reforms uh, that even a lot of Republicans were opposed to. He was able to, to advance them. He voted for the fetal, fetal heartbeat legislation, and he's one of the prime targets of Democrats in 2020. And he stood up to the Democrats. He said, I'm a conservative. This is what I'm going to do uh, on education reform. He did it on on, uh, fetal heartbeat. He did it on a number of other issues. And the Democrats are already sending out text messages in his district to undecided voters whose phone numbers they were able to get and to Democratic voters to drag him through the mud. Uh, So if you're a Republican, by the way, in Gwinnett County, you need to stand up for P.K. Martin. Uh, You need to be there for him. But what the Republicans don't understand is that they are, the Democrats are doing this statewide. You hear about it in Atlanta because I'm here telling you it's happening, but the, the rest of the state, this is new to them. They don't know what's happening. They, they don't know this is going on. They've never experienced anything like it before, and it comes across as neighbors who are fired up. It doesn't come – the text message you get doesn't say it's from the Democratic Party. It says it's from Sue. And you're like, well, who's Sue? You, you don't know. Is it a boy named Sue? I don't know. Well – you assume maybe maybe it was sent to me by mistake, but hmm. look at their text message. Did you know this person voted to, to run the Hollywood industry out of Georgia? Did you know that? That's not really what happened. Who just supported the field heartbeat legislation. And it gets people buzzing. They, they think either someone accidentally texted them this outrageous information or they think it's the person with a similar name down the street. They, they don't know it's a coordinated campaign by the Democrats because there's nobody on radio telling them that. You got to tune into WSB for this. But it's happening. It's happening across the state. People are getting flyers in the mail. They, they will start getting flyers in the mail by next week, I assure you, on some of the votes, and it'll keep coming. In some of these vulnerable House and Senate districts, it will keep coming. Just drip, 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 drip of information. And it's going to shift the balance of power in the state. Democrats are desperate to do it, and they're getting a ton of outside money. They are getting tons and tons of outside money to make this happen. And they've got Stacey Abrams engaged as well. Oh, and somebody's calling me. And it's an auto call. And look at the number. It is an auto call from Cochran, Georgia. Now, I guarantee you, wouldn't it be funny if I answered this and it's one of the, it's one of the partisan phone calls? Wouldn't surprise me. This is probably one of the calls like the Democrats are doing in the state of Georgia because uh, we've gotten three of them on our answering machine and I've gotten several of them in voicemail. I should pull one up and play for you. It is the Democrats calling to tell me that Brian Kemp did not expand Medicaid in the state. I've gotten tons of these phone calls in the last week that uh, your Obamacare is at risk and you need to connect right now to this Obamacare advisor because Brian Kemp did not expand Medicaid. These calls they have this is—I didn't plan this. I promise, I did not plan for to get this call, but it's exactly what's happening. These phone calls are coming in right now across the state from Democrats. When you're, oh my gosh, my insurance maybe may be canceled because Brian Kemp did this. What? Let me talk to this advisor, and it's a Democratic Party representative from somewhere in the country bad mouthing the governor and the Republicans in the legislature, and it's happening right now here live on the radio. Yeah, I'm reading the transcript of one of these robocalls that I've I've gotten in. You know, you can tell they're the computerized voices. Um, and yet it's this situation where that they come on and they tell you that your insurance is in jeopardy. Uh, because of a new legislation passed by the Georgia legislature to be signed into law by Brian Kemp, contact uh, stay on the line to be contacted to your insurance representative so you can find out what you need to do. And the insurance representative turns out to be a Democratic Party hack who wants you to know that Brian Kemp is going to destroy your health care. I, I don't have Obamacare. But if they say your insurance is in jeopardy, you don't know, and so you stay on the line, and it's a Democratic Party operative. This is what they're doing, and they're doing it across the state. It is a never-ending campaign by the Democrats at this point. They've never done this before. The reason they're doing it is very important— It's because they think Georgia is going to be a blue state in 2020 or they can flip it, that it's going to be a purple state. It's going to be a swing state. You've got David Perdue on the ballot. You've got Donald Trump on the ballot. If they can flip the state, it messes up the Electoral College for the president. They can flip the state. It messes up the Senate for the Republicans. Uh, And so they're doing this. And and I don't know that the the Republican leaders in the state actually appreciate this. I know some do because I've talked to some of them. But by and large, I don't know. The, the the Republicans right now are in a fight for new leadership. Uh, you got Scott Johnson, a great guy from Fulton County, is running. Uh, my buddy David Schaefer, if I was voting, I'd vote for David because he's a friend, but Scott's a great guy. Um, don't discount him here in Fulton County. I should probably get all the GOP candidates running for chairman of the party uh, to come in one at a time and, and make their case because I know a lot of you – participate and are interested in this, and and what's their vision for the state, particularly with the never-ending campaigns. Uh, All good people running for uh, chairman of the the, uh, Georgia Republican Party, but uh, they need to get a move on and figure this out. This is never-ending campaign. The Democrats are doing this now while the Republicans are thinking, hey, we got to get a new chairman in here before we can make these decisions. No, I think they need to start fighting this now. They need to start raising the money now, and they need to engage now. They need to do actual live door-knockings in communities. They need to do these robocalls, and they need to make sure people understand that the Democrats aren't really telling you the truth and would screw up the state. You know what the Democratic message is? We're the business party now. I'll tell you why when we come back. Admit it. You think cybercrime is something that happens to other people. You may think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you'd be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. That's why you need ExpressVPN. It secures and makes anonymous your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. It has easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer your phone or your tablet and turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. You can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. For less than $7 a month you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that so many people have come to rely on. It's the rated number one vpn service by tech radar it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee protect yourself online today and find out how to get three months free at expressvpn.com eric that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s vpn.com slash e-r-i-c-k for three months free with a one-year package visit expressvpn.com eric to learn more It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the phone number 404 750 wsb talk Carol and Alpharetta, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Um, I wondered what you think of Doug Collins. I thought he had uh, said he was not going to run again, but he's been so front and center and visible on the TV lately. That I'm wondering if he's changed his mind for the auditioning.
1: No, I think he is planning on running for reelection. He's now the, he, he finally has a level of seniority. There's the ranking uh, member on the, what is it, the Judiciary Committee in the House. Uh, he's been in the spotlight a lot. In fact, we're going to be inviting Doug Collins to the Resurgent Gathering in August. I've actually got some audio in the file today of Doug Collins. He was on fire earlier today. In that committee, where they were trying to subpoena the Mueller uh, report from Barr, here's Doug Collins, congressman from Georgia. You
4: know, it reminds me of what I'm having here, and I've made this comment many times. I respect my chairman, but we just disagree on this, and that's the way it'll be, and and that's the way we're going to have. But it reminds me of the old guys back in my hometown when they wanted to go fishing and nothing was biting. They just take a big fishing trip and go out, nothing was biting, and one day this old guy just got tired of it. Instead of catching anything the way you should, he just reaches in his back pocket, pulls out a piece of dynamite and throws it in the pond. I can't find anything, so I'm just going to blow up everything and maybe something will come to the top. This committee is better than this. This committee can do this better. Why are we here today doing preemptive subpoenas? Because we're going to be out for a while. We're not going to be here for a while. And we need to keep the the story rolling. The story rolling is there's some innuendo, there's some possibilities that may be in this report... But we can't wait to see it. Unfortunately, what will happen, my friends, is this Christmas will come again. They opened a president that they thought early, nothing was there. Now they're dying to open another president. At the end of the day, this president and what the report of the Mueller Convention said was no collusion.
1: Yep. That's Doug Collins, congressman from Georgia. He's now the ranking uh, member on the Judiciary Committee in the House of Representatives, pointing out the Democrats are essentially engaging in a fishing expedition with the Mueller report. It will eventually come to them. It will eventually be made public, but they want it made public, and they're putting the attorney general actually in a very awkward position in that he can't violate federal law. Federal law prohibits him from revealing details that were acquired during a grand jury investigation, and most of the report is about details acquired in a grand jury report. So if he hands it to Congress, he's breaking the law. Now, Congress could change that law, but they can't pass that through the Senate. Mitch McConnell won't let it. So (laughs) they're putting the attorney general in position of either being held contempt in court or contempt in Congress. It's not going to work well for him, I don't think. Uh, By the way, uh, William Barr, he's been on this beat for a while. You know he was George H.W. Bush's attorney general as well. So I think they know what they're doing. When we come back... Oh, I got to play you the audio of the president and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Hello and welcome it is the second hour of Atlanta's evening news here on WSB the phone number 404-872-0750 1800 WSB talk the president of the United States last night uh, gave a talk to the National Republican Congressional Committee at a fundraiser. Uh, he actually he he thought it wasn't being broadcast live. He joked about it being leaked to the press. His remarks uh, it was carried live on C-SPAN. Actually, you know, just as an aside, the the media obsession right now over the president saying his father was born in Germany. It's not the first time they've said this. Uh, the president's father was actually born in Brooklyn. Wasn't born in in Germany, but does it really matter? Does it does it does it really matter? I mean, is, is this your hill to hill, die on? Apparently, everything the president says is hill to die on for the media. Jim Acosta, of course, uh, ran out demanding questions about it today, and the White House wouldn't answer. And that became the story: the White House won't answer my questions about this. Who cares? Now, last night, the president uh, talked about the Green New Deal. Y'all, we, we just we wanted to just play this for you and, and let the president roll. Um, keep your hands on the steering wheel if you're driving. It is it is almost as funny as Alyssa Milano. <laughs> in her um, Men wanting to decide what's going on in her uterus. <laughs> but listen to the president.
5: The Green New Deal done by a young bartender, 29 years old. <laughs> a young bartender, wonderful young woman. The Green New Deal. You know, but it's crazy. You know, the first time I heard it, I said, that's the craziest thing. You have senators that are professionals that you guys know that have been there for a long time, white hair, everything perfect. And they're standing behind her and they're shaking, they're petrified of her. We support the Green New Deal. How about the woman from Hawaii, the senator from Hawaii, highly nice woman, right? Oh, I'm glad I didn't say it. I'm going to get great points from my wife for not saying that. But she was so angry to men, right? Remember, she was screaming at men. And, and, and then they asked her about the Green New Deal. I love it. They said, yeah, but you don't allow airplanes anymore, so you can't get to Hawaii. Oh, we have to work on something. So somebody jokingly said, we'll build a train to Hawaii. And she actually thought it was a decent idea. <laughs> so now she supports it because she thinks they're going to build a train to Hawaii. But they really believe this stuff. And, you know, it's like, it's the craziest thing. They believe it. And we will have to do something. But don't do it too early, please. Don't kill it. Because we want to be able to run against it. If they beat me with the Green New Deal, I deserve to lose. Sure. <laughs> that last bit, if they beat me with the Green New Deal, I deserve to lose. <laughs> You're
1: right. But, you know, the left is beside themselves today because he referred to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the representative from New York, as a bartender. You know, she actually made this a central part of her biography, that she went from being a bartender to Congress, and somehow she thinks it's a ter- this is a terrible country. I mean, the, the president should spend a little more time on that. This wonderful woman um, praising her like that. that's the other thing. This, this is false sincerity from the president. How dare he call her a bartender and think she's a wonderful woman? I mean, the, the spittle from the left over the president praising her. He can't win for trying, win for Lucy. He can't do anything right with these people. He praised her, praised her a bartender who was able to get elected to Congress. What, what a great country we live in. They're, they're not happy about any of this. They're, they're not happy about it. The fact that the president has ceased on the Green New Deal should be a warning sign for Democrats. Uh, they're either going to have to run away from it or they're going to have to embrace it. Uh, Hickenlooper, the governor of Colorado, has come out and said it, it's crazy to do this. It would wreck the economy and it wouldn't actually do anything worthwhile. But then you've got Elizabeth Warren and... Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and Pete Butterjudge and the rest of them out there said, Oh, we love the Green New Deal. Uh this, much like abortion rights, is becoming a, a litmus test for the You know, what's so fascinating here is is you never the media never is willing to point out how many more litmus tests there are for Democrats than Republicans. With Republicans, you basically gotta love Jesus and love babies. And even in parts of some parts of the country, you don't even have to love Jesus. And in some parts of the country, you don't even have to love babies. But with Democrats, you got to want to kill kids. You got to want to force Christians um, into re education camps. You've got to support the Green New Deal. You've got to not praise capitalism on and on and on it goes. This is the left, the progressives, trying to bind the Democrats to a platform. And this is why they're going through so much character assassination on Joe Biden right now. They have got to prevent Joe Biden from being the nominee. Because the media has already cast Joe Biden, and Joe Biden is embracing the idea that he's the moderate in the room, and he's not really that moderate. But that he is more moderate than the rest of them says something, and, and the progressives will will um, – they'll feel rebuked. Uh, so there's a guy on the internet, Matt Stoller. You, I, I know Matt Stoller. We actually – we. we did a project together once years ago when I was first started blogging he, he's as far to the he's probably further to the left than I am to the right actually he's he's way over there I think he's to the left of Bernie Sanders and he's he's got a, a Twitter thread he's attacking Barack Obama for uh being a president who was too in love with celebrity to actually use power effectively he was a terrible president and there's this uh, army of progressives uh, chiming in saying he's right and the birdie Bros are now chiming in the Democrats are beginning to drag Barack Obama. Because he wasn't progressive enough, he didn't advance the ball enough, and they want to put someone up against Donald Trump. I, I got to tell you, I I still think that the president. I I don't know what the president with the White House angle is on this Puerto Rico as as another country. Is there polling? Because if you haven't if you hadn't heard the the president and his team have begun referring to Puerto Rico somewhat derisively as this other country. It's actually a territory of the United States. We are responsible for it unless they want full sovereignty. A lot of American businesses don't want to give Puerto Rico full sovereignty because they they actually use the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico uh, as a tax haven because of the way some tax laws work when you do business in Puerto Rico. But the president, uh, Hogan Gidley, and a few others in the White House referring to it as another country. A lot of Puerto Ricans fled from Puerto Rico after the hurricane to Florida. They wound up voting Republican, and that may be what they're doing here is that they realize that a lot of Puerto Ricans who fled Puerto Rico were deeply disaffected by the corruption of the government in Puerto Rico. And uh, want nothing to do with it, and and trying to turn them on it. I I really do think that if the president and his team play their cards right, they will be able to increase the Hispanic vote. Rick Scott got fifty percent of the Hispanic vote in Florida. Brian Kemp got thirty nine percent of the Hispanic vote in in Georgia. Uh, Greg Abbott got a majority of the Hispanic vote in Texas. Ted Cruz came close to getting majority support against Beto. Uh, Republicans are making waves with Hispanic voters and the Democrats drifting towards a socialism that many of these people fled from in their home countries, I don't think is going to help them. The progressive socialism of the Democratic Party right now plays very well in polling with white, rich, college-educated voters. It doesn't play well with black voters. It doesn't play well with Hispanic voters. It doesn't play well with white, uh, middle-class, and blue-collar voters, I, I got to think if someone sat down and explained the polling to the president and charted him a, a trajectory. And here's the other thing. Hispanic voters actually are A-OK with the border wall. Hispanic voters in this country are A-OK with a crackdown on illegal immigration. Uh, again, the, the outrage over illegal immigration in this country is mostly generated by urban, rich, white, college-educated voters. Everybody else thinks you got to do something about it. And the president has a chance to to really build his own coalition, bringing in Hispanic voters in a way that hurts the Democrats in 2020, if someone will just sit down and lay out the map for him. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly. Quip is the better electric toothbrush created by dentists with designers it was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple affordable and even enjoyable in fact quip has sonic vibrations that are gentle enough for your sensitive gums but you clean your teeth very thoroughly people brush too hard sometimes and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive but quip is just right it's even got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides helping give a full even clean I love my Quip. I've been a Quip user for over two years now. In fact, the last time I went to my orthodontist, just like the time before that, he wondered if I was bleaching my teeth. I'm not. I'm just using my Quip. It's backed by over 20,000 dental professionals, and right now Quip starts for just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you get your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Eric. The phone number here at WSB is 404 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It is Eric Erickson here, and I'm going to talk to Catherine. Welcome to WSB, Catherine.
2: Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, I'm receiving the calls about informed, the the idea says informed elections. Then I receive packets of a huge packet of the... Democratic Party uh, official business. Mm-hmm. Tom Perez letter, and what do you find most disturbing about President Trump, and what do you find most troubling about Republican? It's horrible. Would you like to have it? I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want it.
2: I don't want it. Horrible, I mean, who think it's a fiction? You know, it's just something someone made up
1: and. Well, you know, keep in mind is. that some of this is um, – it's, it's a direct mail company doing it. Some of it's not even from the Democrats. Somehow or another, you've been labeled as as sympathetic to the Democratic <laughs> Party, and they're they're sending you this mail, and it, it really is just a, a fundraising scheme.
2: Right. At the end, they do ask for a contribution, and it's just a whole lot of paper and a whole lot of talk. But in jo- this is my question for you. In Georgia, do you register as a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent, or you just don't have to do that?
1: Uh, when you register to vote in Georgia, you don't pick a party. It's when you go vote in a – if you choose to vote in a primary, you're asked, uh, do you want a Republican ballot, a Democratic ballot, or a nonpartisan ballot? And that then goes into the voter file – and over time, what they do is is every time you vote in a primary, if you always get the Republican ballot, you're labeled a, a hard Republican. If you... Always get a Republican ballot, except one or two times, you're labeled a soft Republican. And then the same way with the Democrats, um, independent voters are listed as they've only asked for the independent ballot, they've only asked for the general election ballot. And then, of course, some of the soft uh, voter lists is if you don't always go to the primaries or or you don't always go to the general elections, they'll list you as a soft voter as well. Uh, but the the hard the people who are labeled as hard R and hard D, as they say in the political vernacular, they're people who always vote in partisan primaries for a particular party, and they always vote in general elections. They don't miss an election. Those are your most reliable voters. Those are the ones you want to target. Those are the ones who, for example, if you're a Democratic candidate or a Republican candidate running for office, you get the voter file and you say, show me the hard R's and the hard D's. Then you use a a program like Campaign Sidekick uh, that puts them in a, in a list, puts them on a map, and you go knock on their doors and know this is a reliable Republican. I don't need to knock on this door. I only need to knock on this door because that door is not going to show up and vote in a Republican primary, but this guy is. And that's where you spend your time. You use Campaign Sidekick and, and go knock on doors. Y'all, I'm just going to read the Associated Press headline. I'm not even going to offer commentary on the Associated Press headline. Islamic State Militants blew themselves in Syria's Raqqa Valley. That's what the headline says. I'm going to leave it there. The phone number here, four oh four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Back to the phones we go. Marianne, you are next. Welcome.
0: Hi. Um, Eric, I just wanted to say I think there's a further twist on um, tearing down Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Since Joe Biden was his vice president, he's the most popular candidate, and if you want to go more progressive than that, you have to understand that Joe Biden will have two people on the campaign trail, and that's Obama's favorite place to believe, I, uh, be, I believe. Yes,
1: Well, you know, there is some concern that Obama may involve himself. He's privately reassured people he will stay out of it and has told Joe Biden, I'm led to believe, that he's going to stay out of it. But everybody kind of knows that Obama himself is worried about the Democratic Party's drift to the left. He may be personally very progressive, but Obama, I'm led to believe by people who are close to him, thinks that uh, the party needs to move that way gradually and not rush in that direction. And as a result, he does tend to favor someone like Joe Biden, who would be a a more less polarizing, more stabilizing figure within the Democratic Party. Uh, So, yeah, they they got to They got to start doing this. The the Bernie bros in particular, they've never really liked Barack Obama. They always thought Obama uh, was too moderate, uh, didn't use his power aggressively in the way he should. And uh, they, they've been upset by that. And so they're perfectly happy attacking the former president of the United States. I mean, look what they, they've done to Bill Clinton. I mean, Bill Clinton was their winner. Bill Clinton was their hero. Bill Clinton was the guy they trotted out on the campaign trail uh, constantly. And now they can't even do that with Bill Clinton. So, yeah, they'll do it to Barack Obama as well. Good gracious, I got the TV on here. Clark's been in here, so it's on CNBC. Uh, Boeing shares, and after I was trading, up 3.5% to almost $400 a share, even though the uh, report is coming out. on uh, The Ethiopian crash tomorrow. It looks like they, their software fix is uh, headed this way. Um, real quick, I, I, I'm going to have to spend more time on this tomorrow. Jack Dorsey has come out. He's the, the CEO of Twitter and also Square, the, the app. If you ever go to a, a, a small retailer and they have a checkout machine, a little white Square that's attached to an iPad or or whatnot, that is Square. They are a, a credit card processing company. They also make a great little debit card uh, that I have. It's a really neat little card the way it operates. but. Uh, he's come out in favor of more internet regulation, joining Mark Zuckerberg.
4: Typically,
5: a service like ours, our terms of service are a little bit hard to read and a little bit hard to follow and, and not necessarily the most customer-focused thing. So GDPR put um, a stake in the ground to at least bring out some some elements that you had a lot more control over, and I think that's a net positive. So if there's more room for that, then, then, then yes, absolutely. Um, but we also... You know, there's not going to be any one party that's responsible for fixing this.
0: I, I, I have two
1: questions. One is, why do so many uh, Internet tech billionaires work so hard to look like homeless people? And two is, why do they need the government to make them do what they think they need to do? Why can't they just do it themselves? Um you know Zuckerberg actually I, I understand Zuckerberg's position. I'm very sympathetic to it. And full disclosure, uh, Facebook is going to potentially be a sponsor of this year's resurgent gathering. But I, I'm I'm just I'm dumbfounded. And and Zuckerberg is one of the few internet tech billionaires who doesn't run around like a homeless person. He's actually, um he he, he has a wife, he has kids, he, he lives in a, a suburban area and, and he's a, a normal human being compared to some of these guys, which is so funny because so many people go out of their way to attack him as not normal when he's way more normal than most of these people like Dorsey who go around looking like a homeless person and doing silent meditations in Cambodia and whatnot. Um, I don't get it. We'll have to spend more time on that. I want to go back to the phones uh, to Linda in Lawrenceville. Welcome. Hey, Eric, I
2: listen to your show all the time and love it. Thank you. I have a quick question about the abortion bill in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong in thinking it will only take effect if Roe versus Wade is overturned, or has that changed?
1: Uh, it has changed. Um, essentially, uh, one of the backgrounds here of why the left uh, fought it so much is because there's language in Roe versus Wade that if a state uh, takes a whole life approach to a child, uh, in dwelling that child at a heartbeat with legal rights, then the state potentially has an argument around the trimester framework of Roe v. Wade. And so they structured the bill that way. They know they're going to be sued, and, and they're trying to advance this argument in court um, based on the language of Roe versus Wade and then Casey uh, that because they're viewing the child as a child with legal rights – Uh, Once the child has a heartbeat, as opposed to waiting for the child to exit the womb, that there is an argument to be made based on the language of Casey and the language of Roe that uh, that law should be able to stand. And that's one reason that the left is vehemently opposed in this fight here in Georgia is they're afraid of that argument advancing in court, particularly with the makeup of the Supreme Court. I honestly don't think they have to worry about it. I think it was a fight to have. I think it was a good law. I think it, it plants a flag in Georgia to contrast with New York, uh, Connecticut, Virginia, New Mexico, and elsewhere. But I also think you're going to find uh, that what's going to happen is the moment the governor signs it, left-wing groups are going to run into court in Atlanta. I bet it's going to be Judge Totenberg, the Democratic judge uh, appointed by Barack Obama, who is Nina Totenberg from NPR, who hates conservatives on the Supreme Court. It's going to be her sister who hears the case. She's the one who caused all the problems. Um for voter integrity in the state, uh, basically backing every argument that Democrats and Stacey Abrams made, even if they weren't credible arguments. They will probably try to judicially shop it to get the case to her, and she will probably enjoin it. And it'll be appealed. It'll go up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will probably block it. John Roberts, though he is personally pro-life, is afraid to disrupt the status quo right now because he is worried about the Democrats' court-packing arguments. That's one reason they're making all the court-packing arguments, is to try to pressure John Roberts into not doing what they know he actually wants to do. Uh, Axios has a headline. Stacey Abrams calls Georgia's Republican governor a, quote, architect of voter suppression. What voters did he suppress? Has anybody been able to find the voters who were suppressed? Anybody? Uh, Because the Democrats keep saying this. Stacey Abrams keeps saying this. And and I've yet to encounter voters who were suppressed. Um, The voters who were taken off voter rolls. They filled out their own information wrong. How is the governor responsible for a group of idiots who filled out their own own information wrong? I mean, and by the way, fourteen thousand of them are people who Stacey Abrams' campaign filled out the forms and got the information wrong. But man, they are really making Stacey Abrams a thing. The media is that they they are so consumed with white guilt over covering Beto and not her in 2018, and she came closer than Beto that they got to make up for it. They got to give her all the media spotlight. She is happy to take advantage of it. Absolutely.